Hello, and welcome back to a Worthless Film Podcast, where the films aren't worthless, just our opinions. And us. And us. We're doing it again. <laughs> we are. Wow. Wow. <laughs> We're just starting hot today. We're just like. Exactly. Yeah. I'm always hot. Yeah. Oh, Jack's smoking hot. Uh, follow, not like that. Follow him on Instagram. I'm just really, I'm just really sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> He's also taken, yeah. so don't hey. worry about it. Hey. Hey, baby girl. Um, <laughs> Jack, what did we watch this week? Okay, so Cameron, little do you know, or little, little do not you know, because you know, little do like, some <laughs> people know, <laughs> um, that a movie called J- Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, is coming out pretty soon here. Yeah. Uh, the fabled movie. And this it is, is kind fabled. Of, That's is a fabled. good adjective. Yeah. There's this, uh, there's this whole mythology to it. A mythology that Zack Snyder himself loves participating in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if he hadn't been participating in it for this like long, this movie would not be getting made. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I big shout out to the, the release, the Snyder cut fanboys. I personally am not a huge proponent of that movement, Yeah, but whether or not I agree with like Zack Snyder's choices, I just think that you know, like when it comes to like a fan movement, uh, look no further than this and like Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog, and a fan movement like getting it done too, like. See, and now and now they've already moved on because yeah. after the Snyder cut got released, now it's uh, the Ayer cut. Everyone's the all about cut. the Ayer cut for Suicide Squad, which is a lot less enthusiasm, I would say probably. But I'm like, still- let's all just calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, but Cameron, so. The movie that started that, this whole, you know, saga off of what the Zack Snyder Justice League might look like is Batman v Superman. And we watched that this week. Because, you know, Man of Steel came first, but BVS is kind of where, you know, the Justice League, you know, gears started grinding hard. Yeah, it's like they... Yeah, and I, that's almost, I want to say, I don't want to be mean, but like I feel like that's one of the faults with this movie is that they were mm. rushing. Oh, I mean, yeah. they they were trying to build a universe, and you could tell they were yeah. trying to build a universe. Yeah. So uh, we see that, but you know, like no matter what, this is the universe we have, and I think yeah. you and I were right, and for the fans too, we didn't just watch mm-hmm. the regular theatrical cut; we watched yeah. the ultimate edition, and yeah, so- which is the only watch truly watchable edition. Like trying to go back to the standard edition after watching the ultimate edition, it's pretty rough. Yeah, and so it's just we have the means of storytelling. And I think it's really important to note too, that this is not the same um, writing team that mm. we had in the last movie. This is Chris Torrio and David S. Goyer. Christopher yeah. Nolan was a writer on man of steel. And I think yeah. upon watching it this time, so close back to back, I can get, I see, I see the differences without Christopher Nolan's voice within the script. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, how do you feel about, are you familiar with Chris Terrio's other work? Um, no. Cause I, I think I had, I looked up some of his stuff after seeing that. I, do you have it on hand? Well, so he wrote, uh, rise of Skywalker. Oh yes. Cause I remember, yeah. I remember seeing his name on other stuff and I was like, Oh, I don't know. I'm yeah. a huge fan. <laughs> yeah. Like he wrote a lot of his rise of Skywalker. Um, and we know, we all know how that turned out. So <laughs> I would argue Chris Torrio and Simon Kinberg are probably birds of a feather. Oh, um, exactly. Yes. That's a but, great example. But for the fans, like, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League, if you look at the writing credits, Chris Torrio is in the writing credits. So if you, I think yeah. you want a very clear vision of what to expect in that movie, look no further. Yeah. 
they're Pete, they're him and Simon Kimberg are two people that I am s- constantly surprised by the amount of second chances they get. Yes. And working on things. Um, but yeah. So yeah, Chris Terrio is not well, my, not my favorite writer of all time. For the record, for the people that don't know, Simon Kinberg is the notorious writer of so much of the Fox X-Men franchise. Mm-hmm. Like he of the wrote, bad in the X-Men franchise. It's like, it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> we're going back to this guy. He did yeah. X3. He did the most recently like Dark Phoenix. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he did X-Men Apocalypse. Um, yeah. He had his fingerprints on a lot of like the missteps, but yeah, you know, and I, I don't blame them. Like I just, I don't blame them for writing and I don't, I don't want to knock anyone either. It's just like, mm-hmm. this is good for them for being writers in Hollywood. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they're, they're living their dream and Make whether or not, yeah. Yeah. Whether or not I, their vision is my vision. I don't know if it's necessarily false either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really a huge fan, but I'm not a fan. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I didn't say yeah. I'm a fan. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't want to knock them. You know, I don't. I don't want this yeah. to be like a place where we are just in, in a negative space because I'm like, we are here yeah. to celebrate these films. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm. You know, I, I think I could, we could be honest without being negative. Exactly. You know, right, let's, like, let's 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 yeah. say that. That's honestly, good. I think their work isn't that great. But yeah, honestly, you know, a, I'm not going to burn down their house because of it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna tweet at them because of it. So, um, True. Only tweet people if you have something nice to say. That's all. I exactly. Here's a Cameron rant for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, no. This film's directed by Zack Snyder, written by Chris Dorio and David S. Goyer. Mm-hmm. Jack, do you just want to get into it? This is a Let's whole heck of a lot of a movie. I'm, I'm yeah, three hours worth or whatever. Yeah. To 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 jump through. I mean, we could probably skip some of it, but no, it's a long. It's a lot of movie though. I don't know. I don't. I have questions. I have a lot of notes. I realize, but I hit me with it. Okay, so first and foremost, one of the biggest, uh, I I think, marketing campaigns around this was uh, Ben Affleck's Batman, and like the take that we got because this is obviously the first Batman post uh, Christian Bale, and Mm -hmm. not long after Christian Bale. I think this movie came out twenty sixteen, either twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen, yeah. Uh, right off the heels of 2013, so three years after Dark Knight uh, Returns. Yeah. Or no, that was 2012, so four no. years. It's under a decade, no, but, under but five it, years. But it was announced like the next year, oh, so yeah. we had like we had like three years to kind of sit with this news, and it was very controversial at the time. Like there were yeah. petitions, like people were freaking out online about Ben Affleck being Batman, and I think like things were really contentious around it until we kind of saw that first photo, like yeah, that, yeah. that black and white photo. Where I was like okay like i can kind of see it a little bit like he's he's kind of hulked out and he's like a much different kind of batman yeah and especially too like a lot of that criticism is based on his portrayal as daredevil Mm -hmm. which is funny too because that daredevil movie was based on the frank miller daredevil run and then this is based on frank miller's batman run and so (laughs) (laughs) looks like ben affleck is the flagship frank miller actor yeah um so wait how did you feel about his portrayal so I feel like he, okay. So I'm very hot and cold on his portrayal in this film. Yeah. Um, so I love him as Batman, like him as the character, I think is super strong. I love the interpretation of it. I love the look of him. I love that. He's very old. He's kind of weathered. He's very, you know, he's on the brink of kind of losing it constantly. Um, and I love, I love everything they did, like the suit design, um, all the production design of the Batcave, of the Batmobile. I like the Batmobile. 
Um, I love the Batwing, all that kind of stuff. I totally yeah. love. Um, I liked his Batcave a lot. It's very cool, and it, it feels like a very functional Batcave, like an yeah, actual. Yeah. It feels like something I get a Batcave. I feel like a, a very rich Batman would have, mm-hmm. rather than just like a little pit with like some stuff in it. Yeah, um, it was like it was. You know, he comes from old money, but it's not like it's. But the whole mansion in the Batcave. Sorry to interrupt you, but like no, you're good. They're yeah, they're yeah. so sleek, and I just love this. Yeah. Is my favorite Batmobile by far. So yeah, no, it's it's awesome. Um, so. Everything about him is so, I think, is so strong and is so good. The fact that he's a murderer, I don't love so much about oh in this gosh. movie. Um, this is creates so many problems. Like seeing him, I, I wish in this film they would have, because I like, I don't, I don't mind the idea of him being um, like very weathered and like on the brink and kind of losing his grip on things a lot. And like, I wish they would adjusted it slightly to have him, um, you know, be on the brink of killing people and like almost crossing that line or going way too far, but having him just like gun down people in his car, like, or the bad would be like willy nilly and just like busting people's heads into their bleeding and like, just like blatantly killing people, like no yeah. questions about it. Um, it kind of breaks the character. It does. It's like, principle. why is the, why is the Joker still alive? Yeah. If, if he, if he is, if he is just like busting heads of regular henchmen, like no big deal what possible reason could he have for his arch enemy still breathing? Um, oh, yeah. It, it makes zero sense for the character at this point. So, like, that's the kind of thing that I'm like, man, I wish... And then if we get to the night- nightmare sequence, if he is killing there, oh my that's gosh, different. Yeah. Like, I'm oh, totally fine I... with that. Because it's like, it's like a... It's an injustice situation at that point. Like, the world is over. Like, those rules don't matter anymore. But seeing him in, like, the regular world, just, like, busting heads and, like, blowing people up, I'm like... This makes zero sense now. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. Um, but you know what blows my mind, and this is just me being a core Batman fan, or just like you know, just you know, when it comes to the principles of a character, and I don't mm-hmm. think anyone's principles are as like concrete as Batman's. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. He doesn't kill. He doesn't use a gun. Like, that's what, <laughs> and the, both those <laughs> both those rules were broken for me yeah. here. Yeah. So, and like it wasn't just like okay, he used a gun in the nightmare sequence. No, he used a gun like three different times. He used yeah. it to well, one of them was like okay, he put a tracker on the mm-hmm. the one, and that gun was very specifically referred. Yeah, it's to, kind of a, it's kind of a fake out. It's a Dark Knight Returns kind of gun, but it's yeah. still I'm like man, look at that freaking the barrel down that thing was huge, and then. Yeah. And then he uses it in the nightmare sequence and he's just straight up kills a guy. It's like point blank. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And then he uses it again in uh, the doomsday fight, which is, I guess, mm-hmm. fine. Cause it's doomsday, but I'm like, it doesn't take too much thought for Batman to use any other kind of gadget because he has infinity of them. Yeah. 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 I wish we would have seen, cause like, Hey, like they got the look of him. So great. Like I'm obsessed with it. They got the movement of him. That's the biggest thing. So good. Like the only time I've ever seen Batman like feel like Batman, Mm -hmm. like in a film and like seeing him move and like kind of like a phantom. So awesome. That first opening scene with him is brilliant. Yes. Like where he's just like a, like a beast on the wall and just like, and then the way he, yeah, yeah. He moves from gunfire and everything. Oh yeah. 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 And it's like, Oh, it's so good. Um, but then to have, to not like throw in like all his gadgets and all those like smarts and like the Batman's the only one who could find a way out of anything like that. It's like for him just to revert to whatever's easiest. And it's like, Oh, like, 
Yeah, okay. exactly. That's one thing, yeah. My my biggest thing with Ben Affleck's Batman is I have zero problem with Ben Affleck playing Batman. Like mm-hmm. I realize he has the chops. I'm like, yeah. So, and and even again, I have no problem with him playing Matt Murdock as Daredevil. Like I don't care. The problem mm-hmm. isn't within him and for this movie and those those other franchises. It's within the writing, and that's what yeah. that's what gets me. It's like I don't. Yeah. I'm like he's not acting like Batman would act, and I'm like I don't blame Ben Affleck for that. I blame the writers, and so mm. for for other fans of Suicide Squad, if we go over that later, I my my issue isn't Jared Leto as Joker; it's the mm. writing for Jared Leto as Joker. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. I'm like I don't I don't have issues with that. Like impress me because there's been so many times in other universes where they choose someone who I wouldn't have chosen, and mm-hmm. I'm pleasantly surprised. And so I have. I have complete faith in the casting process. Like I trust the casting directors, but it's like the writing is the thing that really took it away from me. And so Mm. with his Batman, uh, again, the things I loved, I really loved, loved the Batcave, loved the, um, like the way he moved. And that's, that's, it was comic book come to life. Exactly. Yeah. His, his whole ordeal. Like I just loved it. Yeah. How do you feel about Alfred? Jeremy Irons is my favorite Alfred. Same. That was the first, and like, with whatever the fate of the Snyderverse is, like moving mm. forward, I think that's actually him. When when it comes to casting for these movies, like this universe, I think was actually cast perfectly. Like yeah, yeah, and I, I just change anything. Like J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon, we didn't get to see mm-hmm. him, but like that <laughs> yeah. casting is perfect. Like yeah, yeah. Jeremy Irons as like the charming Alfred who's always like working on stuff. Like uh-huh. Michael Caine was a great ally to yeah. uh, Bruce in those movies. And like, he's the Alfred that those movies needed. Mm-hmm. But when it came down to like, like, okay, no, I'm actually working with him. And he's also giving him the most freaking attitude. And that's what I need like from Alfred. Like constantly busting his balls and stuff like that. <laughs> that's so good. Oh my gosh. He's like, go to yeah. Metropolis, meet an honest woman. Like, I, just, I yeah. love that. And so yeah. Jer- he, he was perfect. And so like, yeah. that's, I have no problems with the casting of any of these, you know, actors. I'll yeah. gladly be surprised, but um, just the writing and like my biggest letdown before even the over the gun thing was Bruce's motivation. Mm-hmm. I did not understand why. And I, I think the central lesson for this film is just contrived. Like every yes. every everything in this film is just so forced. Like nothing feels natural at all. Yeah, and I don't mean to knock. Again, I don't mean to knock Chris Rio or Zack Snyder, but it's like if you need three hours to tell your story, then <laughs> there's something wrong. There is something wrong. I'm yeah. like, yeah. I'm like, hey, it's really cool. I'm looking, you know, partially. I'm looking forward with my own intermission that I'm going to have with Zack Snyder's <laughs> Justly coming out. Yeah. But I don't need a four hour film to tell me that story, you know? Well, that's why I was so like on the fence about the ultimate edition. Cause I was like, if you need to release the ultimate edition, and those 30 minutes are needed for the film to make sense because the film does not make sense like mm-hmm. the standard edition. Like those, like the exclusions they made, literally it does not make sense when it comes to like understanding the plot, like why these things are happening, why they're fighting, why Lex's plan is going the way it is or what even is Lex's plan. Yes. And so I mean, like, if you need those 30 minutes, if you need an ultimate edition for your film to make sense, you failed. Like yeah. your movie's a failure. I'm sorry. Like it's, it, it, it you, you, you done did it. Like even, you should have got it right the first time. 
even two and a half hours is like yeah. more than enough time. And I, and I get it. Like the, the, for the people who are on the other side of the mic, the studio interfered, la, la, la. I'm like, that's neither here nor there. The script clearly did not need to be that long. Yeah, but also it, like, it doesn't even feel like the studio interfered that much in this film. Like, it feels like he had a lot of free reign to do whatever he wanted. Like, he, yeah. we, we had Batman shooting people in, in a Warner Brothers yeah. film. So it feels like Zack Snyder had plenty of space to do whatever the heck he wanted. Yeah, I think you're but, right. Yeah, but he just cho- chose to not tell it all in two and a half hours. And I think that, you know, I love the guy. It's just like he's... You, you, we just get the vibe because if you look at his look at his filmography, uh, I haven't seen 300, but Watchmen three hours, Super or Man of Steel two and a half hours, yeah, Batman v Superman was two and a half hours, Ultimate Editions 30 extra minutes of footage three hours, Justice yeah. League four hours. I'm like, hey yeah. man, I I'm sure you know, it's like a guy who's telling a story and he thinks it's so interesting, but you just mm. kind of lose patience with your yeah the audience members do, and I'm like yeah. I I love this stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. But cut the, cut the slow motion, cut the small, cut all the slow motion scenes. Put them back to regular speed. <laughs> two hour movie. <laughs> hey, maybe cut the explosions in half. All right. Exactly. Watchmen is the only one I give him a pass for being Same. three hours because it's not his story. Like yeah. he's just retelling a story that is one impossible to tell and two very long. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. like that's the only one I give him a pass on for needing three hours to tell that. It's like take take four. Like take at least take four hours. I think you could use an extra hour here. Was it like <laughs> I'm like, hey man, like stop blowing up Metropolis. Just leave some <laughs> of it left. Like, <laughs> like oh my god, the do- Doomsday having the freaking like kinetic force blasts every yeah. for three seconds. I was like, what the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So let's talk about some of the things we liked in the movie. Yes, because so I did. You- I do enjoy this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what about what do you feel about the opening sequence? Not the his parents getting killed again, like whatever. Um, although I do like Jeffrey D. Morgan as Thomas Wayne. Um, great, great casting I, again. I, I wish we saw that movie. I wish we saw I, the Thomas Wayne Batman movie. Th- there's still time. I think that's a flash. He's well, popping up. We'll, flash. we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, what do you think about the opening sequence with uh, with Bruce's perspective and the in the Zod fight? Um, I understand that they are trying to make that his justification. Like mm-hmm. I understand. Like I've seen this movie probably five times over. Yeah. Um, I I think him number one, like just on a fundamental level, I didn't understand why Bruce thought during the daytime I need to go to Metropolis and see what's going on right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, like what do you like Batman well, in this doesn't in this film, Gotham and Metropolis are right next door to each other. I guess oh yeah, okay. I yeah, yeah. Right, so Gotham's right. right across the river from this. So they're basically neighboring cities in yeah. this film. Which, and in my head whatever. canon, that makes sense. That's like kind of yeah. how I believe it to be, anyways. Yeah. And like I think Superman and Batman are best friends. Like yeah. in the comics, I just think they're the best friends. Yeah. Um, so him being there is like cool, it's fine. Him yeah. seeing the destruction on, on the ground level, which w- was great, but I just mm-hmm. didn't understand like what was he there to do? Like yeah. just to watch. I'm like, that's well, I think it's because his business is there. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Jack, I just need you to answer these questions for me because I just didn't think it was very clear. And like, I like, I loved the scene of you know kind of him watching his freaking mm. coworker or you know his employee get like really hurt. Not because I like yeah. destruction, but just because I'm like it, it 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 adds depth and reality to it. Yeah. It's also really nice to see that there were stakes in Man of Steel. Mm. Like you know there yeah. there are ramifications for what happened. 
Yeah. Uh, and so I, I was okay with all of it. Uh, him saving the little girl was great, but then your heart automatically breaking when you find out where the girl's mom was, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I thought that scene, it's probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie, I think. Cause it's honestly the only one where I feel like the movie's actually giving me a reason to believe why Batman would be angry at Superman and like why he doesn't like him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause we're seeing, I like where he's not, he's not in the suit. He doesn't have all his resources with it readily available with him right at that second. He's just a guy watching two gods destroy an entire city right in front of him and watching his friends die right in front of him. Yeah. And to see him just like barrel into the smoke like while everyone's running away, just Very trying cool. to figure out what he can do and realizing how powerless and small he actually is while, you know, these two super beings destroy the world. I was like, okay, like I, I totally believe why he would be upset with this for one and two, why this is probably making him feel so insecure and so small because he was probably top dog before all this. Like he's the Batman, like he's a legend. And then now he's seeing these two beings who are so far beyond his scope and beyond his capacity to handle, like destroying everything around him and all his friends and people he cares about. So I was like, okay, like I was, I was totally on board with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, it felt kind of like hindsight bias and like trying to understand some of the destruction, which is great, but it, it yeah. worked out. Like I liked, I liked that sequence and I just, you know, I think from there it was kind of modern, like going back to Batman, like it, cause isn't it right after that, the Batman sequence happens? Um, Oh, with him and the cops. Yeah. I think it's shortly. Yeah. Shortly after that. Yeah. I was like, like he brands um, the guy. Yeah. 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 I was Cause then, then him. So you saw that Bruce Wayne, and then you saw him as Batman. I really like both of those scenes. Yeah. What do you What do you feel? What do you, How do you feel about the him branding people? Uh, unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. I'm like what? <laughs> like, it's, just, it's just it's just the goofy world of this movie. Like it's yeah. so goofy. <laughs> like remember when we were talking about <laughs> the Martha or the Martha Kent of Superman and Lois? Yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. I'm just like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Bruce. Well, it's like you know, Lex is obviously the one like. And okay, first we don't see Lex pe- Lex's people orchestrating the murders of the branding in the original cut of the film. I don't think it's only. Wait, is that old- what happened? Did all those people die? Yeah, the people who were getting branded are getting were getting killed in prison. Oh, okay. There's a whole prison stabbing scene. I did not understand that. Yeah, at yeah, all. yeah. It's because of the branding and the KGB beast. Who, yeah, 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 yeah. KGB. Okay, wait. Is, is will you explain that for a second to the fans who may not uh, have gotten that? Call. Okay, yeah. So, so in the film, Ben Affleck's Batman is branding criminals. I think especially like sex criminals, like that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. With yeah, all the girls. girls. Yeah, those girls were like definitely not there willingly. <laughs> um. So he brand he's branding these people, and when they go to prison, uh, these people are getting murdered, and it's obvious. And this is what's and this is something that's like kind of setting up the conflict between Superman, why Superman's angry at Batman or why he thinks he's bad for the city in that Clark Kent is reading this in the paper, how, you know, Batman's branding is basically a death sentence for these prisoners. And he's like, wow, this is really messed up. This is way over the top. Batman is knowingly killing these people or sending these people to their death. And what we don't see in the original cut of the film is that one of Lex Luthor's henchmen, AKA the KG beast from the comics. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his real name. It doesn't, it, um, yeah, it's it doesn't different, matter. but anyways. Yeah, it's different all the time. Um, but he goes and pays off like one of the, like the prison mob 
like one of the guys in the, on the inside to like shank these people with the brand on them. So Lex Luthor is doing this to contrive like a conflict between Superman versus Batman, like make Superman yeah. angry that the Batman exists and he's doing these kinds of things. But also, and we don't, and we only see this in the ultimate edition of the film. So it makes no sense in the original. Yeah. <laughs> but, I didn't think but it made sense in the ultimate edition. It, I it, it's I very, it's very quick. But also, like, Batman knows that these people are getting killed anyways later, and he's still branding people anyway. <laughs> so, I'm like, why is Batman branding people? Oh, I'm he's just a like, douche. I, yeah. I just thought, I was like, that's so dark, and it's unnecessary. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, well, that's... See, like, that didn't need to be in the movie. That's just me. Yeah, it, it didn't need to be in the movie at all. Like, but they had, whatever... to have, they had to find some reason for Superman to be angry at Batman. Yeah, and I was like, I kind of got the vibe that, like, I understand Clark's perspective. Like, I understand Clark's problem with Batman just on a fundamental level. And they could have really leaned into that where it's like, that he doesn't approve of Batman's methods, which yeah. makes sense. And obviously, we understand why Batman doesn't approve of Clark's methods. Like, yeah. Because he saw, he witnessed that destruction happening. And yeah. it was when, it was when Bruce was telling Alfred that, like, He's like, oh, if there's a one percent chance that he could, he like could turn on us, we have to take that as an absolute certainty. And I'm like, like that math you? does not add up. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, do you though? Like really? <laughs> like, yeah. And he just took it like so far. I was like, yeah, what the heck, man? Like, yeah, because they leaned into Clark, what Clark's biggest fear was in Man of Steel, which is like the trust of humanity. Like, mm -hmm. was humanity ready for him? And it's like Bruce yeah. is literally there proving that they're not, even though. All he has done is help. And that's, again, Jeremy Irons Alfred coming to the win because he's like, yeah. he's like, he has done nothing but help. Yeah. Well, honestly, and also, like, Superman versus Zob was like Superman's first day of being Superman. Yeah. <laughs> like, he hadn't done anything since then. It was the first guy he was facing. Like, he did the best he could. Yeah. Like, he destroyed a city, but he did the best he could. Yeah, he really did. Um, okay. So, now we have some understanding of Batman and that and his his reactions. How do we feel about Lex Luthor? Because Jesse Eisenberg, some okay. So with all the casting in this, how did you initially feel when you do you remember how you felt when you found out he was being okay. cast? When I said earlier on the podcast that I was totally on board for all the casting in this, I completely forgot about Lex Luthor. So I reversed that statement. <laughs> I am not totally on board for all the casting in this because I've seen it. I understand what they're going for, and I still hate it. I, I, I don't I hate the Jim Carrey Mark Zuckerberg tech guy <laughs> shtick. It's horrible and it makes me so uncomfortable. How, okay, wait. So do you do do you feel like Jesse Eisenberg was the problem or that the writing was the problem? Because that uh, that was me. I thought the writing was the problem. I think the writing was the bigger problem. Yeah. But like also like that choice of a performance. Oh yeah. I, I just completely disagree with. I don't mind Jesse Eisenberg as an actor. I think he's an amazing actor, honestly. Like, oh, I feel like he's a, a yeah. way underrated actor, especially nowadays. Go check like, out Squid and the Whale. And, yeah, like he did Social Network was really big, but like I feel like he has done like really big things recently. Yeah. Um, but he's so solid. Um, and he's and so he's like, I listen to a bunch of interviews with him. He's like the kind of dude that just like loves the craft. He doesn't want any of the fame, and so yeah, this was the wrong franchise for this guy. Yeah, and he was like he was scarier in the Social Network, like playing Mark Zuckerberg himself. <laughs> like, he was way scarier in that film. So it's like, just do that again. Like if you're gonna do the tech guy, just do that performance again because that was more menacing than your Jim Carrey impressions and your yeah. weird ooh ah ooh ooh sounds. 
<laughs> I'm like, he kind of leaned in too much of the slapstick of, oh my gosh, Gene Hackman of the first. Yeah. yeah. And like for the fans, like I don't, I'm not a, I, I like Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor. He fit that mold. I did not like Jesse Eisenberg's. And when it comes to like understanding motivation of characters, I did not understand a single part of his motivation. Like, like mm-hmm. his reason, because I saw, you know, I could make some of the piece, some of the parts of Batman's motivation. I yeah. could not for the life of me. It's like, he said, if God is all powerful, he can't be all good. If God is all good, he can't be all powerful. And I'm like, you are a first semester philosophy student. <laughs> this is who talks nonsense. like that. Yeah. It, it did not sound like a regular person who exists in the world. And like it, it sounded like he's barely functioning, like just make sentences aside from his weird, like philosophical one-liners he heard one time. Yeah. It's um, like the red capes are coming and I'm like, that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. What does that even mean? <laughs> it's good for a trailer, I guess. Yeah. Maybe. It was just it was, like, that was the one. And I think Lex Luthor is one of the most compelling comic book villains. I I yeah. put him on my Mount Rushmore of comic villains. She like, just got John Carlo Esposito. Who's that? What? That's a Gus, Gus Fring, Breaking Bad. And, oh. and uh, Moff Gideon, Mandalorian. Yes, 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 and, yes, 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 yes. Uh, and uh, what's his face from The Boys? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, you know, he's the who, bad guy in everything nowadays. But you know who was down to play Lex Luthor that all the fans are like so hyped is Brian Cranston. And that would have been, well, yeah, the, he uh, was the obvious choice. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think Jesse Eisenberg was so like off the. You know, it, it wasn't as random or like shocking because I'm like the yeah. kid from Social Network being a trust or trust fund, like wealthy billionaire mm-hmm. evil guy. I'm like, we get, we, I've seen it before. Yeah. And I, and I honestly, like, I, I was, I was still excited when they announced Jesse Eisenberg. Like, before the saw the movie, I was fine with it. I was like, okay, like a younger take on Lex Luthor. Like, it's different than what we've seen before. Yeah. Um, it was when I saw the performance, I was like, oh, why do they do it this way? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think there is a world where I could be down for that performance. And even like seeing him in Justice League and at the end of Batman Superman, like he's kind of toned that back a bit and yeah. he's like kind of just like playing it more mellow, which is good. Like I'm down. But I think what I do like about the Jesse Eisenberg uh, Lex Luthor is like we have an older Batman and we have kind of an older-ish Superman, like not super old, but like he's not he's not young, young. Yeah. And, and Superman's vi- like in these films is like very like, like stern, like, you know, soft, like a kind of like a very like straight, like shooter kind of person. He doesn't smile and much. No, no, he's not like, he's not like joyful kind of Superman or like, you know, earnest in that kind of way. And so I like the idea. I don't mind the idea of like a young, um, kind of like pushing against that kind of mannerism, Lex Luthor, um, and to where he's kind of like trying to not combat that with like more like bullheadedness or, like strength or like masculine energy in that way. Uh, but it's more so trying to like break him down from a different angle and trying to be like, Oh yeah, like I'm having fun with this. Like I'm smarter than you. And I'm kind of like, it is kind of a game to me and I'm, I'm toying with you. I like that a lot. And I like like having Lex Luthor in these films, like kind of bring a different energy to not match the energy, but to bring a different one to kind of combat it. I don't like how they did the Jim Carrey impression do so. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was, he was, my legs, yeah, Jesse Eisenberg was a little too whimsical, but like, I see what you're saying. And I do like the dichotomy between him and Superman to have, and even like, let's go physicality. Let's just go. I mean, it's obviously like the meekest, 
Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. Whether like that impression wasn't like just wasn't I hate people that say this, but like he wasn't my Lex Luthor, you know. But that's really yeah. how it felt like in in my vision. It's like the way I think about Lex's motivation to hate Superman is that he Luthor was the golden boy of Metropolis mm-hmm. who everyone loved, and Superman is just upright and morally just good. Thus, yeah, the city loves him for that, and Luthor is jealous, and he's like, they he stole my city from me. Yeah that's not a hard story to tell. Like, yeah. 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 You know, and, and trying yeah. to get the city to lose their trust and faith in him by any means necessary. I could have seen that story here and I just didn't. And that's, yeah. that's where I was like, what just happened? You know, that's, that's. Yeah. And, and the reasons why Lex Luthor like hated Superman so much, it little, there was no reason for it. Like yeah. there was no believable reason in this film. Why I think that, you know, why, why I was believing that, Lex Luthor wanted to get rid of Superman or wanted to show his true colors or whatever way. It's like, one, you probably barely know who he is. He's like brand new. And yeah. two, what reason would you have to go against him? It's like, it seems like he's good for business for you. Like you're invited. Yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> like, it seems like, it seems like a better, like a happier metropolis at this point. And like he destroyed the city and you're getting all these contracts to rebuild it. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, you're stoked. Like, what is your problem with him? <laughs> so um, it, I, I did not get it at all. That's funny. Um, okay, I feel like, oh my gosh, I felt bad. But, but okay, moving away from Lex Luthor, because we yeah. had, you know, that's about as much as I need to go into. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the dream sequence is also one of the most influential parts of this film. It had everyone talking, and even mm-hmm. parts of that are, I think that the, the effectiveness of that scene, whether or not the necessity, are now, I think, the reasons that we are getting Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. Because we want to see what happened to that world. How does that pay mm-hmm. off? What what could it have been? Um, how'd you feel about it? What were your initial thoughts? Like, do you remember the first time? What do you think now? I, I still love it. Like, it's honestly one of my favorite parts of the film. Uh, I wish it was longer. If we're if, if you're going to do that scene, I wish you would do more of it. And it sounds like they, I mean, they obviously have plans to do more of it in, just, in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. Um, and it's all very interesting to me, like seeing Flash in its weird mechanical suit with a mustache talking to Bruce for the first time. <laughs> like, okay, like fine. I was um, like, hey, we were all, I just remember seeing that. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I liked it a lot. And it's like that world, it feels like that's the film Zack Snyder was made to make. Um, yeah. And I wish he would have just, I wish they would have done an Injustice film and just gone with that full force. Cause like that feels like it's the most comfortable space for Zack Snyder to work in. And it's like, I feel like just give him the full reins to do like the anti-life equation, Superman. And he's just mowing people down and just, you know, crushing and Batman is fighting with the villains and bad people or bad who were bad people to do whatever they can to survive. Like, I love that, like make that happen. And that's, and I think it's why it felt the best, even though it was such a, such a short sequence, Mm-hmm. it felt the most comfortable for this director and this filmmaker. So I was like, I, this, this feels right. Um, yeah. I liked it a lot. It wasn't one of my favorite things, but I think that like, because I, again, it was just Batman using gun. Like when I saw it for the first time, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Because also I'm not a huge, I just think Superman is like, 
my back in the day, like my youth pastor would always tell me, he's like, you don't have to be nice. You can be kind. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things about Superman that one of the main characteristics is he is nice. (laughs) And like the lack of that kind of like, just, uh, Superman pleasantness that I saw, yeah. uh, and maybe maybe the the hokiness because I do think there's a hokey aspect to him. But yeah. when it's leaned into appropriately, like it can be it, one of the best features of the character. Mm. Obviously, I didn't see any of that in that sequence, and it was just like really leaning into this unjust, unjustified to fear that Batman had. And I think what we're gonna see, it, and I think what Snyder was trying to portray in that sequence was that. Batman isn't afraid of the potential of Superman. Batman was actually always going to be, Batman was afraid Superman was going to be dark side. And so he's like, wow, I, this guy died for me and like, you know, died for this world against doomsday. I had no reason to be afraid of him. Yeah. Just wait till he sees dark side because the Omega symbol and, you know, then you get the parademons fly through and it's like, Oh, I, I had no reason to be afraid of him. And I think we're going to see potentially Batman relive that because I'm like, now that I think about the heat vision Superman was using to mow people down, Darkseid has Omega beams that he'll just freaking laser people. And what if Batman's the only one to survive left? Like, yeah, what have you? I think that we're going to see the ramifications of that in that Justice League movie, which are going to be fine and dandy. But I also am so not a fan of Superman turning evil or, or them using an Elseworld story to the story based on a video game to like perpetuate the films. Cause I'm like, yeah. we have 80 years of stories. Like, Well, so, okay. Are you familiar with, cause at this point when this film was being made, Zack Snyder was planning to make three Justice League films. Like that's what he was signed up for. And that's what he was scripting out. Yeah. So are you familiar with what he had planned for those different sequels? I have, I have some idea. Cause I remember, here can I can I tell you and then when yeah, can yeah, you correct yeah. me? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. for sure. Because I always I originally I thought that it was going to be Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Justice League One, Justice League Two, and in Justice League One, the Justice League fails against or, or, or they beat Steppen or wait, Justice League One they fight Steppenwolf just to like at the end meet Darkseid. I think number two would be them farting, fighting, farting Darkseid. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Boom. That's the end of the franchise. They <laughs> Superman, super farts. But, yeah. uh, they fight Darkseid in Justice League 2 and they lose mm-hmm. yeah. badly. Yeah. And then uh, Justice League 3, they come back and win kind of a la Avengers Infinity War Endgame. Yeah. Is, that's what I, I thought I had heard. But yeah, so that's the, that's the gist of it. Um, so yeah, first one they win. Second one's kind of like Star again, Empire Strikes Back type of film. Like they lose, and then the third one they kind of rally together um, to bring it all back. Um, but when he was filming the nightmare sequence, that was intended not to be a dream, but to like be a vision of the future. Mm-hmm. So that was all going to happen at one point. Right. And like the Flash traveling back in time, they were all they were going to address that in those future sequels. And so, like they talked about, or he talked about, um, like the way they thought about time travel for the movie was that it's not that Barry Allen could go back at, at least at that point. It was not that Barry Allen could go back anytime he wanted to, but that time travel only worked with like uh, the rotation of the Earth around the Sun, and so that you had to time it like just right 
and there's only really two windows you could go back. Um, like you only have two windows when the earth lines up with its previous self to travel back in time. Yeah. Yeah, It's very interesting version of time travel. Um, so like they probably put a lot of science into it, I guess. Um, good for good for them. Good for them, yeah. He put a lot of work <laughs> like, in for movies that are never going to be made. So. Oh <laughs> um, but so it was, it was Flash and Cyborg trying to figure out a way to go back and warn Batman about what was going to happen. Because I think I think at the end of the second film, uh, Darkseid was going to boom in and kill Lois Lane. Uh, yeah, because yeah, Lois yeah. is the key, and that's kind of yeah. the main thing in the Injustice universe too. Yeah, and it's like. Darkseid's going to come in, boom in, and kill Lois Lane, and then Superman's going to succumb to the anti-life equation. Yeah. So they, Flash and Cyborg, were trying to like travel back in time to prevent that from happening. And what we saw on BVS was the Flash's first attempt at traveling back in time to warn Batman, and they got they ended up in the Batcave, not when Lois Lane dies. Yeah. So and that's where he got that vision from. Um, but. And the second time where they were going to go back and like the third movie, I think they were going to go back to the other point and save Lois Lane and then rally together and fight Darkseid and beat him. So, but that nightmare stuff was going to happen. We were going to see a lot more of that, of like of that world. Um, like Superman succumbed to the anti-life equation. Lois Lane is dead, all that kind of stuff. Um, so whatever, like whatever to that, that sounds fine. Um, uh, you but- know, it's, it's, it's really in, this is just where I don't align with Snyder fans. It's just like, yeah. you know, cool. I, I would have loved, I, I guess, to have seen the, the the fulfilled vision of that director. And I get it. I think that's yeah. their main point. That's the, the main pillar in the argument. I agree. And, I, and I'm glad he's getting to fulfill that. Yeah. I, with Snyder, just have a fundamental difference on what these characters should do or like the direction they need to go. Because I'm like, I, I just don't, when it comes to Justice League stories being told and the necess- necessity of some stories and some others, I just don't think those are necessary at all. I'm like, no, yeah. I'm like, if, if, why couldn't we do like, you know, actually, okay, because too, we're, we are, we, I think DC, w- what we saw with, uh, was it this movie is it's yeah. reactionary to MCU building a universe and yeah. having, yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we got, the, we got the justice league via email. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're trying to, they're, they're really trying to play catch up and then yeah, they get all the way into, uh, you know, he, they're trying to build up the fourth world, which I'm a yeah. huge fan of. And that's like the new gods, dark side and apocalypse mm-hmm. and, a high father, the rest. Yeah. I get it. And I'm such a fan of that universe, but like, I just don't think we can ever see that again, or, or we are never going to live in a world where fans are going to really know the ramifications of dark side because we have Thanos and yeah. Thanos in the comics is a fat ripoff of dark side. Yeah. Like, like not, a, not that great a character in the comic books. Not as good as he yeah. has been lately, which is I'm like, obviously I'm pro good stories for all characters. Yeah. But like dark side is the one like anti-life equation over infinity gauntlet. Oh, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and so. Well, it's because it's they gave him room to breathe and develop. Exactly. They gave him yeah. a whole movie. They get, he was yeah. the protagonist yeah. of infinity yeah. war. Well, they gave, they gave him like 18 movies before that to kind of lurk in the background and like stretch it, stretch his legs that so we saw him. We were ready for him. Oh yeah. And yeah. so 
it was fun and that's great. That's you're, I think you're totally right. Stretch legs in the background. That's a great way to put that. Um, I just don't know if DC ever kind of had a fighting chance to be able to tell quite that story, but mm. going back to, I guess the Whedon cut or, or the course correction they did with Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. Yeah. Marvel doesn't have a freaking injustice society or, or, that yeah. could have been one of, I, and I don't think we'll ever see it, which just makes me well, so well, I sad. Think that was originally, I think that I think that was in the original cut of the film. Like, I think we're going to see that again in the Snyder cut. I, um, I think they just shot a different version of it for the weeding cut. I pray because I, that is what I want to see more than anything else. Cause that's like one of the coolest DC franchises. And that's the direction I actually hope these films yeah. go in because that's a leg up on Marvel that like we have. And, you know, and I'm uh, the Cameron Reads comics fans know I am a DC fanboy, and I'm like, yeah, how the potential in there is so exciting, you yeah. know? Uh, yeah, yeah, go on. Sorry, no, that was a- yeah, I think so. I think the and that's part of the like why I like the nightmare sequence so much is because I feel like Zack Snyder has kind of lifted off the reins about what he wants to do because it's obvious he is so good at, at stories like this and at stuff like this that it just balls to the wall way over the top just going for it hardcore um and my biggest problem with this movie uh is that it's it's trying to dance that line between those two things like he's trying to um what's it called he's trying to do like push these characters to the edge and make them edgy and make them a little bit hardcore like batman's killing people but also they're trying to do he's also trying to do things that are like keep them true to the comics and like yeah. you know be faithful to that it's like you can't have it both ways yeah and that dance feels so jarring in the movie I, it doesn't make yeah. and it doesn't make sense i, t- I totally agree with you and yeah. um but again i guess looking forward to this matter cut to, to get to watch it and see what his vision would have been uh, yeah and i think he'll try and hopefully wrap it up and if not then and it gets the fans behind him that much i think everyone's going to take this movie that we're going to get as the canon. Like, I think yeah. we didn't cut out like just permanently. Yeah. Um, okay. There's a couple more things we need to touch on it. And we've been, yeah, talking, yeah, yeah. we've been getting after it. Um, we're just chilling. I love it. And I love this. Um, oh, gear. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Um, how do you feel about Lois Lane's um, arc, her and general Swanwick and like finding out about the bullet? I actually, you, you really- mean Martian Manhunter? Is that who you think that is? That's who he is. Is that who he is? I didn't know. Yes. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Okay. Wait. There's all these tweets going around right now about Zack uh, Snyder. Zack Snyder's confirmed it. Yeah. He pretty much he confirmed it in the past. Yeah. But it's also like everyone's like, oh man, there's a new character he's going to introduce. Who could it be? And everyone's like, Green Lantern, and it's Ryan Reynolds. No, it's yeah. freaking Martian Manhunter. Well, I think because he's already talked about Martian Manhunter being in the film, like mm-hmm. so candidly, and like has shown the concept art and all that stuff, like. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like he's going to be in it, but I feel like if he's t- if people are teasing this kind of reveal, maybe because like in the originally they were going to have Green Lanterns in it. They were going to have Kilowog um, and what's his face like show up. Robin Sir. Robin Sir. Uh, maybe not Robin Sir. That's um, the one who dies. and someone else. Yeah, it was Tomar Ray. Tomar Ray. Um, I like Tomar Ray. Yeah. Yeah, that's a beak one, right? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm so, so proud of that call. <laughs> like for nonsense, <laughs> you names. nailed it, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But in development for the film, they were going to show up at the end of the film um, and have, like, some kind of quick scene, um, like, talking to Batman. And they, because Kevin Smith talks about that when he went on set, like, when they were shooting this movie. He's like, oh, like, this is what they were doing. And they have concept art for it. They do, like, little animatics for it. Um, 
And they're like, oh, that green light in the trailer, that was originally going to be Green Lantern thing, but they ended up not doing that. Now it's Superman. Um, so I'm I'm curious if we're going to see because they had plans for Green Lantern. Like Zach and I had plans for Green Lantern to show up eventually. Yeah. Um, and he's very ambitious. So <laughs> well, we also have four hours. So yeah. Man. And and we were gonna have the Green Lantern Corps movie, which is now a series on HBO Max. No oh, longer. I I still think they're canon. I think I think it's all gonna tie in. Oh, I'm sure it's all going to tie in, but you know we were supposed to see that movie in 2020, so <laughs> that it never got made. R.I.P. Um, to the DC timeline. We were supposed to have a cyborg true. movie by now. I'm pretty sure. I know. Yeah, and like R.I.P. Flash to movie, another Justice League movie. Yeah. Um. So, what's it called? Um. Yeah. So I I'm curious if that is what because everybody know most people know about Martian Manhunter. Like he's been he tweets about it or he vero's about it like every other week. <laughs> The best platform. Shout out Vero, the only one left there. Um, he's the only one there but ever, but the he only brought one, yeah. everyone there. I'll just look at the screenshots of Vero's on Twitter. Um, <laughs> <That's> exactly. But, <laughs> so, but um, <laughs> that's too sorry. funny. I'm sorry. Um, but with that being so out in the open, I'm curious if we are going to see some kind of Green Lantern thing in the film, um, whether it's Kilowog and Tamar Ray or like a Hal Jordan cameo or something like that because they, they, they have somebody in mind they were like they had cast them like maybe behind the scenes i don't know everyone was thinking tom cruise i think but um going into wait lois lane and general swanwick backslash martian yes. manhunter he yes. is the perfect martian manhunter cast He's great. so love him why like didn't his, he help out yeah his voice perfect <laughs> yeah. doomsday was blowing up the world why didn't he he didn't think it was pertinent to to help out oh he said his you know what his solution was nuke them all yeah, that was, yeah, that worked. Then now what? <laughs> you just nuked out Superman. Maybe you should step in and help out a little bit. And then like Doomsday, like has like nuclear warhead powers after that. I don't. Know. Yeah, but um, very vague. Oh my gosh, there's so yeah, much. But, but the bullet, but the bullet. You talk about the bullet thing though. With the whole bullet arc and like leading, yeah. you know, even him, like he was a general. Now he's a senator. Like yeah, I was a fan. Yeah, again, something that was left out of the theatrical cut that we only oh. saw happen in the ultimate cut. I forget. So it made zero sense in the in the original watching of the movie, but we got that explanation, the extra 10 minutes working on it, showing her, having her throw around the bullet to everybody that we would see. And it's like, yeah, obviously, it's Lex Luthor. I really but, like, I really like Amy Adams' Lois Lane. Like, I think great. she's not, like... She's not a damsel in distress in these no. movies. Like she, yeah. she takes risk, but she's like a woman on her mission, and she's just gonna go do the thing and figure out the truth. And like that's who Lois Lane is. And so mm -hmm. I think they nailed it. Uh, Clark's not able, or Lex Lex in this cut using Lois to get to Superman multiple times was brilliant because it yeah. was evil. <laughs> like that was yeah. the, that was the perfect kind of Lex Luthor Superman thing. Which I'm like, great, you know. That yeah. was, some of the stuff I liked and him like Lois has pursued the truth and not being afraid of the danger. Anyways, it was all just on brand. Yeah. 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 I'm cool with that. And then, um, I just like Swanwick too. So I'm glad to say, yeah. I think he's going to be in it and I think he's going to be with Martian Manhunter now. So yeah, I know he's Martian Manhunter. So I didn't even know yeah. that was a thing, but now I'm like yeah. so glad I know. Yeah. And he's a great cast. And yeah. you know, <laughs> the green lanterns are technically Canon. Want to know why? Because the, the right-hand woman to General Swanwick is Carol oh, Ferris. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Carol Ferris. I'm like... Yeah. 
I, I doubt we'll ever see her doing anything related to Green Lantern in any of these movies, but hey, shout out Carol Ferris. Hey, Carol Ferris, Star Sapphire. She's Star actually Sapphire. Star Sapphire in the next yeah. Justice League. You don't know. It's I, I, all... doubt we'll, I doubt we'll ever see her Star Sapphire, but I Star Sapphire in, in the Justice League Unlimited, though. Oh my gosh, wonderful. Crush. What? <laughs> she crush. was your crush? <laughs> was... <laughs> don't worry about it. I was like, she's got kind of a belly button piercing, but it's also a jewel <laughs> that gives <Exactly>. her powers. <laughs> um, okay. I guess there's two more major plot beats I want to hit. Yeah. Or three. Okay. Hit me with them. Number one, um, the Martha scene. What it, what's the verdict? <laughs> I feel like this has been talked about so many times, so I don't feel the need to get like way too into it. Okay, first yeah. off, the fight itself like the most contrived fight like ever. Do you think there should have been a clear winner? I don't I don't care. Like honestly, I honestly don't care because I feel like this this movie did not convince me to care about the fight at all. You know, it's like we see Clark trying to talk to Superman and this fight would not have happened. It should not have happened. In no world should this fight have happened. <laughs> yeah. Because Superman could easily have said, "Hey, they have my mom. Can you help me?" Like yeah, they have Martha. Like what? Yeah, it's like <laughs> since when have you called her Martha, sir? You know. So it's like he's walking out trying to talk to him, and then like he gets like hit with the sound thing, and then rather than continuing to try to talk to him, he just like attacks Batman. And it's like no, no, no. Like say it now, and it's like he had like thirty seconds to say it, and he's like, "Hey, I need to talk to you. It's something really important. I'm gonna get to it. Just, just don't hit me with anything, or don't like attack me, so I can like explain this issue to you, so that we don't have to fight. Oh my god! Oh, I just got hit. And it's like, just go up and say, "Hey, they have my mom. Can you help me? Let's go." Like we don't have to fight. And then it's like, cool, done. But it feel like it felt like they were looking to try to force in every possible way to make this fight happen. And then it was over in like five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my biggest issue with it was like I don't think there should have been a clear winner. Like, yeah, yes, I understand Batman will use Superman's humanity against him. That's what makes him the ultimate tactician. Yeah, la la la. Nevertheless, we shouldn't we shouldn't have seen a clear winner. I don't. I think that's kind of one of the fundamental things with comic book superhero character fights. Like in Civil War, there wasn't mm -hmm. like in, on, in the airport fight sequence, there wasn't a clear winner. That's yeah. what I'm down with. Like. It shouldn't be clear. And so we yeah. obviously see Snyder's leaning towards Batman. I get it. But like, man, that was brutal. And then Batman's about to stab him with a freaking kryptonite spear. Let's yeah. all just calm down. Like, yeah, let's just, let's just relax. Let's take be, a breath. I'm like, be cool, have dude. A, have a drink of water. Get some orange slices. And then we'll, <laughs> then we'll reconvene in a few minutes and talk about this some more. Batman, reach into that utility belt, go into the Capri Sun pouch. All right. Grab, grab a Zanny from your from your uh, from your utility belt and just relax. Superman's right? just like, you're not you when you're hungry. And so <laughs> you're just Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> and there and there's a million dollars for the film for the budget. You're welcome. Done. Yeah, you're welcome. That's easy. Uh, um, I, I do understand the Martha sequence because I think that's kind of the the jolt that snapped. Bruce to be like, wow, what does this have to do with me trying to avenge my parents' death? You know, I, yeah, I got it. I appreciate that. That's about as much attention as I want to give that line because it has been beaten to death. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like Batman does zero detective work in this movie, mm -hmm. and I feel like he should know if he knows who Clark Kent is, he should know that he has a mom, and that her name is Martha. 
like the seals like information he would know if he's a detective and had done even a little bit of research on Superman slash Clark Kent. And um like I get it like, oh yeah, like, oh, this guy has a mom and like, you know, if he is capable of that and loving in this way, like he's probably not the monster that I think he is. And like, oh, my parents died and I haven't really coped with that. Like <laughs> if I stab him, it's like I'm killing my own mother. It's like, yeah, sure, whatever. But it's like, I feel like Batman should have, has had and should have a lot more reason to think that Superman has a lot of humanity in him other than hearing his mom's name. Like, yeah. he should have been tailing him around his house, around his work, seeing what he's like. Like, bat, like I think of a, in the animated series, yes. like seeing Batman tailing Superman and watching him in that way. And then like saying, what's that doing? When he's like, you can tell that he sees him, he sees the tracker and stuff. It's like, yeah. That is awesome. It's like that is, Batman. Yeah, a little due diligence. And it's like, yeah. he hears his mom's name and then he like craps his pants and stuff like that. It's like, <laughs> yeah. So I get what they're going for. Oh I get what they're going for. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, and I'm, I'm fine to move on. I want to, no, I just want to chime in. If you guys want to see, and I mean in every way, the most perfect Batman, Superman, it is in my head canon, their origin story. Yeah. Look no further than, uh, New Batman Superman Adventures, World's Finest, parts one through three. It's the Batman mm -hmm. Superman movie. It is animated. The perfect voice casting. If you're talking yeah. about perfect casting, that is yeah. the perfect casting. And yeah. so all of the above is just everything perfect about their relationship. Um, okay, which also this scene now that we're moving on leads me to uh, actually one of the best scenes in, I'd say, DC movie history. I'd say... Um, superhero fights the warehouse fight scene Woo! like i will say i'll say this at the end of my days when it comes to choreographed fight sequences dc smokes marvel like oh yeah so my question for you is number we'll go into the the love we have for that scene but yeah starting it off which fight sequence is better captain america winter soldier in the elevator or bruce in the warehouse Oh, I think we have more Captain America scenes that are just really great. Um, in that film, especially, but just like in general, we have so many great Captain America fight scenes. Yeah, I feel like we don't have that many great Batman fight scenes. So, because this is so good and it's like one of the only ones that are this good, I'm giving it to Batman. Like, like I think I think Captain America has the quantity for sure, and like it, there some of those scenes are just as good. Mm -hmm. but I think because this is one so good and it's so unique in like film representations of Batman to have a fight scene this good, uh, I give this a winner easily. Yeah. I freaking, this is just, Oh my gosh. Like I just <laughs> love this fight scene and it's yeah. like everything you want to see in a Batman. Again, when yeah. we're talking about it moves like Batman, mm -hmm. this is it tenfold. Like he moves like a creature. Like it's, it's, it's not human the way he moves. Yeah. And yeah, but it's also still so simultaneously so true to the character. Oh yeah, no, like exactly. Like he's like he's like a living phantom. Yeah, and, and it's what, amazing. What we needed from Batman in this movie, I think, everything we needed was in this scene, even to the point where he rescues Clark's mom, and he says, mm -hmm. and this is taken right from Dark Knight Returns, and in the perfect way. Again, like leaning into the source material while remaining true to the character. This is it perfectly when he, he's about to freaking like set her on fire and he says, yeah. believe me, I'll do it. And Batman says, I believe you. 
Yeah. Oh. And then he also just murders another guy, though. So whatever. No, it's fine. It's fine. That guy. That guy was gonna <laughs> set off the DC's mother. I, I, I wish. I wish they would have had a more creative way for him to incapacitate him in that situation. But he just, you know, just murdered him. It's fine. I'm just gonna let the good outweigh the bad on that one. It's he definitely <laughs> also murdered like probably three guys in that fight, warehouse fight scene. So. <laughs> You see, he seems to throw a box at a guy's head and said, like, oh bashes into the wall. It's like, that guy's dead. Like, you just killed somebody again in this movie. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's, so it's fine. Then move on. It's so good, though. Uh, hey, but- there's always going to be another guy to kill. So, why worry about the one you just did? Ergo, KGB and his flamethrower. Oh my gosh. KGB, too. Um, okay, I guess the last. This, I'm going to squeeze this into two, which actually also, that one led into my favorite line, which was, I'm a friend of your son's. <laughs> I'm like, that's okay. That's fun. Nice yeah, but like, are you guys friends though? Like you literally just met and you just almost killed him. And now you're like, I'd say like work, workmates, yeah. coworkers, maybe. If anything, they're acquaintances because he did yeah. just try and kill him. Loose acquaintances. <laughs> yeah. He sends him a Christmas card. Exactly. Um, yeah. Now it goes into the, this is the scene where it officially went overboard for me because in mm. everything we've talked about, I thought they were trying to squeeze a lot into this movie. Yeah. The final fight scene with Darkseid or uh, Doomsday where Lex Luthor uses his body to, you know, create Zod's body to create Doomsday yeah. is officially when I think the movie goes off the rails and they loosely adapt Death of Superman yeah. in the film. <sighs> wow. <laughs> That's... For me, the film lost me before that. Um, oh, really? But yeah, I think it lost me at at the fight scenes because it literally it, it felt so forced and so contrived. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't um, I wasn't buying it at that point. But this was this was definitely a, a step for the worst. And yeah, yeah, I think so too. It's just like, and it was so excessive with the violence. Obviously, that was when it yeah. comes gratuitous. Yeah. One thing I noticed is that they're going, they were going out of their way hard to address the fact that there are no civilian casualties in this film. It's like every other line of dialogue during the doomsday fight. It's like, Oh, and it's after work though. So nobody's here right now. <laughs> like, Oh, thank God. It's an uninhabited Island. It's yeah. like, oh every other line of dialogue is like, don't worry. Nobody, we're not killing 5,000 people again with this fight in metropolis. Like, okay. Like, like- Again, I think that's Warner Brothers. Of the few times they interjected, they were like, <laughs> hey, man, let's just calm down. And that's why he went yeah. hindsight for Bruce. He's like, oh, I can make this work for the next movie. But, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Also, this fight led us into the introduction of Wonder Woman. Yep. How do we feel about it? Or she was sprinkled into the movie, but this yeah. is really when we see her. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's fine. Like, I, I, I think she's great. She's probably one of my favorite casting choices. Um, Ever. Yeah. I think she is so good as... Diana Prince, mm-hmm. um, and I wouldn't change anything about her character. I wish we saw either more of her in the movie or none of her in the movie. Um, like I, I could have used more of her, and if they're trying to have Justice League, like I wish we had had her do more in the film rather than just like sending emails to Batman. Yeah, yeah, and I think that <laughs> I think that if you know International Women's Day was just behind us, but it's like, yeah. hey, I wish you did it more because then they could have just called it Trinity. Or, yeah, or yeah, world's yeah. finest, whatever, and yeah, or just like don't have her in it, just like yeah. save her for the next movie or for her solo movie, and then like you know introduce her then and like do all this kind of stuff. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. She was barely in it. I don't know why. Okay, first off, Doomsday is like, it, can we even call him Doomsday? 
or is he like the Play-Doh monster? He's Play-Doh you know? monster. Yeah, because he just looks like a green like rubber ball flying around. And he, I know he gets like the spikes at the end, kind of, but like still though, like, is that even Doomsday? And like, and they've kind of teased about like, oh, maybe it's not the Doomsday. Maybe there's another Doomsday out there. But it's like, yeah, you already wasted death of Superman on this Doomsday. So yeah. like, why would we care about seeing that other Doomsday ever again? If you're not, if you already did this major storyline, like this one character's major storyline. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's like also like, why, why did Superman feel the need to carry the spear and like sacrifice himself when we have Wonder Woman who is doing great she and was, could, <laughs> easily, could easily chuck that spear into Doomsday and the fight's over. Like we've seen her, we've seen her chucking things already at this point. Just have her throw the spear. She could, she could swallow that kryptonite and get stabbed by it a hundred times, and she'll be fine. Yeah, so that's like, true. Just have her carry the spear for you. Like it's literally no big deal. Yeah. But again, they had to force you know Superman death into it. I yeah. oh yeah, I wasn't a huge, I wasn't a big proponent for that whole arc. Um, but like Wonder Woman showing up, I'm glad it happened. And like, again, one of the most important castings in this franchise history. So yeah. I wanted to make sure we hit on that. Um, that's about as much as I had for that, except for the last question, which is what would you rate it out of 10? Oh, um, okay. So I feel like there are moments in this movie that are like some of my favorite moments in yeah. a DC film. Yes. Like, some, like some moments where I'm like, this is so special. And this is like, right on the money this is everything i've wanted but there's so much else in this movie that's just so much crap that yeah. kind of just like surrounds that beautiful prime rib steak that are those yeah. moments and it all just tastes like crap um so and i think i think a problem with this i wish they had just done a man of steel sequel first yes or, or a batman movie first yep like and you know because it's obvious Zack snyder was caring more about was more interested in batman in this film than he was superman yeah um, and like devoted much more interesting stuff to that character. So it's like, just do that movie. Um, but mm. also it's like, I'm, I'm, I feel like one, we haven't had enough time with Superman to care about him dying in this film. Like, feels like we just met him and we barely saw him in this movie, it feels like. And it feels like he had a lot less to do in this film as compared to Man of Steel. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's like, he's like, this movie is so bogged down with him wrestling with the question of, oh, should I be Superman? Like, should I not be Superman? Like, what should I do? What does the world need? It's like, no, you are Superman now. Like, just be Superman. You answered this question in the last film when you decided to destroy Metropolis trying to save everybody from Zod. So, like, just be Superman and stop this, like, mopey struggle. And that just, like, having that Superman just be so melodramatic and just, like, so depressed in this film, it really brought it down for me. Um, and I didn't see any reason why we should care about him, you know, living or dying or why the, the, this world in this movie should care about him living or dying. If anything, it sounds like this will be better off that he's dead because oh gosh, now yeah. we're not having like the metropolis be destroyed every like couple months, you know, yeah. it's like, so, um, I feel like those problems like overshadow it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ultimate edition, like I still have like a special place in my heart for it. Same here. Same here. <laughs> I can't hate it. Like I, I wish I could hate this movie. Just like, but despite all the problems, like I find myself defending it, like when it's getting crapped on. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it's like, I feel like there's so much interesting stuff here and you can tell it's like, it's 100% like his vision. Like it's just uh-huh. Na- Zack Snyder just going for it. And it's a huge swing. And I appreciate that. And even if it's a miss a little bit, like I still got love for it. So I'm going to say like a 6.8 out of 10. Oh, wow. Maybe 6.7. You're, you're nice. And I really do agree. I think with a lot, I think the one thing we, I would have just loved, yeah, more time, more time with all yeah. this. It's like flesh it out a little bit more. You don't yeah. have to rush it. Because again, like, I don't know if we talked about this last time, or we talked about this in Superman and Lois a little bit, mm. but like, I'd rather have, you know, just a couple, a couple really good pieces of content as opposed yeah. to like, you know, 20, for the, I'd rather have a nine episode season than a 26 episode season if it's going to, you know, take its time and like be good. Yeah. As opposed to forcing a lot of things to happen. And so I think mm-hmm. this one suffered a little bit from just trying to play catch up and trying to make a lot of things happen. So I think I would give this one, but again, again, as a DC fanboy and seeing like the, the way I picture Batman moving, move on screen like that, you know, and, yeah. and that vision realized it's my favorite Batmobile, my favorite, mm-hmm. like Wayne Manor, my favorite Alfred dynamic. And yeah, the, we didn't even say, but like the mech suit he uses to fight Superman oh, is it's, it's, perfect. perfect. Yeah, absolutely perfect. And so, and again, then my first exposure to Wonder Woman being like the best, the best Wonder Woman scene is when, you know, Doomsday freaking just throws her across and then she's lying down and she just smirks and it's like, yeah. yes. Yes. And yeah. All my friends are like, who is that woman? And I'm like, oh, you don't know yet, do you? And so like, <laughs> And even the setup for her, for her movie that came out next. I'm just like, yeah. oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. And then there was some of the stuff we had to sit through to kind of like suffer through. I, I I honestly would probably have to agree with you for this movie. It's like, I do still find myself defending it. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think, I don't think that it's as bad as people make it out to be. No. Yeah. But I, I don't also, people want to say it's a work of art. I don't, I wouldn't hold it that no. highly. <laughs> this is not the pinnacle of cinema. <laughs> um, it's, Oh, I just read an article before we recorded on that, but I'd say I'd give it probably a six point five. Yeah, that's. I feel like that's a fair. That's a fair spot for it. Um, I feel like anything past a seven is is reaching. Yes. But I feel like anything below a five is like you're you're putting too much of a negative spin on it. I think. I'm like you know sometimes we just go to the movies to have fun, and I think mm. this is one of those times where we just get we got to have fun at the movies. It's a it's a wacky movie. Like yeah. there's so much in this movie that is just like so over the top, and I I'm fine with that. Like I'm yeah. I'm down. Yeah. I think I I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, and now I'm kind of really excited. Whatever I don't know what we're gonna record on next, whether it's Suicide Squad or just ZS Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and again, it's like I just want to see. Even if I disagree with the vision that Zack Snyder has portrayed, I want to see him just have the space, to just like finish that vision. Because yeah. I'm, I'm truly so curious to see where he was want, where he was intending to go with this, because it's such a huge swing, and he packs so much into it, to where it's like I can't help but be incredibly curious about what his bigger plans were, and just get to see those kind at least at least somewhat fleshed out in a film, or four hours, which is yeah, like a yeah. film and like a little bit more for him, which is probably <laughs> like four hours probably like a feature film length for him. So that's one. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm like, you know, it's cool too, though. I love the marketing campaign for this entire franchise mm-hmm. too, or like this Snyder cut because they have not, yeah. they have really not shown us anything, which is yeah, no. great news. And yeah. so, and it's also uh, kind of the luxury of knowing that most people have already seen the movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. We've a heard a lot about it. And so, yeah. Um, just excited. Just looking forward yeah. to it. Um, yeah, I'm pumped. Great. Well, that's thanks for thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Um, where can they find us, Cameron? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, if you guys want to hear me talk about comic books, we're actually in the middle of a Falcon Winter Soldier episodic review. So we just did WandaVision review. Dang. We read Invincible. We're going to watch that next. Um, go check out my weekly comic podcast called Cameron Reads Comics. Make sure to like and subscribe and give us mm. a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Um, same, obviously. To hear. Let's give a worthless film podcast five stars, all the rest on iTunes. If you want to exactly. check out these episodes on uh, YouTube, they are, they are, all of these you're listening to are going to be available on YouTube. So, yes. So awesome. that's, there's some good news. Uh, we have, we will have an Instagram incoming um, and we have an email incoming. Oh, great. Uh, I'll put, I think we have an email. I'll put it in the chat. I think it's worthlessfilmpod.gmail.com. So if you want to email us about something and just chat or send us a recommendation for a movie to watch or a comic to read, or a newspaper to read or <laughs> you know, a televisual to, I don't know. Anyways, I don't Love know. It. But feel free to uh, message us something. And uh, yeah, that's it. Good. I also want to say it's super, it's Chris. I want to make it crystal clear. This isn't a podcast about uh, comics and comic film. That's just kind of what we stumbled into. At yeah. the beginning. Just, we just chat about whatever here. Yes. So we are just going to be talking pop culture content and it's going to be fun. So stick yeah. around. Yeah, our hopes and dreams travel with you.